Matthew 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Okay, so for this first bit, I need the children's help. I need you to help me to answer yes or no. And when I say children, I also mean those who are big children at heart as well. So the adults, everyone really. And it's this. When Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, did he ride on a helicopter? You don't sound so sure. When Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, did he travel on a helicopter? No. Did he come by a fleet of bulletproof fancy cars? No. How about, did he come with an army? No, we weren't so sure then. How about some bodyguards? No, some people are paying attention, which is great. How about a single guard? No. Did he come on a fancy, powerful horse? No. Did he come on a donkey? Yes, he did. Brilliant. Thank you very much. He rode on a donkey, a donkey and her baby colt. Now, can you really go fast if you're traveling with a donkey and her baby? No. You can't go zooming past. You have to go quite slowly. Jesus came to Jerusalem gently, humbly, and slowly. He came in peace, not with armies, not with fleets of cars or helicopters, but with a simple donkey and her baby. Now, can I have the next slide up for me, please? Because again, I have a question for everyone. How many times was it mentioned about the donkey and her baby in what we just read? Boys and girls, can you count how many times did it, was it mentioned? I put it in red to give us a helping hand. How many times have we got? Four? Four. Let's see. Slightly too many. Any others? Three! Fantastic! We have three times. We've got one, two, and three. Almost four times. 
And what happens is this. It's mentioned again and again and again. Why do you think Matthew the writer tells us again and again and again the same detail that Jesus went on the donkey with, it, with her baby, that Jesus went on the donkey with her baby, that Jesus went on the donkey with her baby? Well, I'll tell you, boys and girls, have you ever had it when your parents or your teachers are telling you something again and again and again? And it's the same thing. I see some nods. And that's because they really want you to get it. They really want to make sure you understand what's happening, that you're following the right instructions, that you're not missing out. And I've seen some teachers nodding, yes, I've told them again and again and again the same thing. This is what Matthew's doing for us. But why is he telling us this important detail? Why is it so important that Jesus is riding on a donkey with its colt? Well, Matthew is telling us something important. One of God's special messengers, one of his prophets, said God's chosen king would appear riding a donkey and her colt. And he said this hundreds of years before to make sure the people were waiting to see this important sign. Can we have the next slide, please? There we go. This is from Zechariah 9, verse 9. That Matthew is quoting, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, God's chosen king, gentle and riding on the donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Matthew is telling us that Jesus is the king and the world leader we have been waiting for. And then we find the strangest parade we've ever seen. Normally, when we get parades, we get giant balloons, flags, we get party poppers, streamers, everything. But instead, we get something else. All we have is we have people waving their palm leaves like flags, and we have people putting their coats down like a red carpet for Jesus to come, welcoming him. They are celebrating. And then... We're having a special word, a special word called Hosanna. Hosanna, they shout, Hosanna. Do we know what Hosanna might mean? You got a leaf, that's great. It's not quite what the word, yeah? Yes, that's brilliant. It's praise the Lord, praise him. He's great, he's amazing. But also, there's a special meaning. Not only saying praise him, but also it means save us. Hosanna means praise you and save us. All at the same time, it has two meanings. So these people are saying, you're great and save us. You can save us. We welcome you. We're saying, yes, you are our king. Jesus, you are king. We welcome you into the city. We want you. Only you can do it. They did. You've been paying attention. Well done. They do say, Hosanna, Hosanna. And I'll tell you what. They do it so loudly that everyone in the city looks out their windows and goes, what's going on? What's happening? Why are they shouting Hosanna? 
Yeah. They are a bit confused. You know what? I think he should lead instead of me. This is great. And they're a bit confused. And so the people say, it's Jesus. He's here. He's come as king. And everyone's like, but should we be like this crowd? Yes, we should be like this crowd. Matthew's saying, be like this crowd in your homes and in your lives. Referenced his coming death and honored Mary for her faithful act, he finished his meal with his friends. He then did something rather strange. He instructed two of his disciples to go ahead to the next village, Bethphage, and find a donkey. The ancient village of Bethphage is now a part of Jerusalem, but at the time of Jesus, it would have been a separate village between Bethany and Jerusalem. The gospel text reads, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. Matthew 21, 2 and 3. I'm here at the Church of Bethphage, a Franciscan church located here on the Mount of Olives. Now, this present-day church was built in 1883 over the foundation of a 12th-century chapel, which itself was built over the foundation of a 4th-century Byzantine shrine. Now, the Church of Bethphage is the location associated with the spot where Jesus mounted a donkey and began his procession into the city of Jerusalem. Now, imagine the scene. A large crowd of Passover visitors already had heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. By now, many of them had heard that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, and they wanted to see Jesus in person. Many no doubt saw this as a sign of Jesus' identity as the Messiah, and they wanted to proclaim him as king when he entered Jerusalem. When Jesus arrived here at Bethphage, just beyond the city of Jerusalem, he got onto a donkey to ride the rest of the way. In this way, he fulfilled an ancient prophecy from hundreds of years earlier. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, Zechariah 9.9. When he did this, the crowds surged to greet Jesus, marking the beginning of the event known as the triumphal entry. So, so far, everything is going great. Jesus has been welcomed into the city. Everyone is praising his name. Everyone is saying, save us. Everyone is saying, he is king. Jesus is showing that he's keeping God's promise, being the king that everyone needs by being on the donkey and her colt. And everyone's waving palm branches and throwing their coats on the ground to welcome and worship him. But sadly, it doesn't stay that way. We're going to come to our second reading now. We're going to look at Matthew 27. And at this point, a few days later, Jesus is arrested. 
and we'll see what happens with the crowd. Remember, he's loved by the crowd. They all love him. Does that stay the same? Mike is going to read our second passage now in Matthew 27, verses 11 to 26. Jesus before Pilate's. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At the time, a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, so when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask Barabbas, ask for Barabbas and have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting in the crowd. Sorry. Was starting nowhere. And an uproar was starting. He took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Well, Sunday, it's Palm Sunday, the crowds loved Jesus. But did you notice, boys and girls, waving your palm leaves, that the next time there's a big crowd, they're not so friendly towards Jesus. They don't want him as king anymore. They don't want him anywhere near them. They don't think he's amazing. In fact, they've found something better that they liked, something they want more than Jesus. Jesus, you're great. Ooh, that's better. Bye, Jesus. They have discovered something they want more than Jesus. Isn't that crazy? On Sunday, they're going, yes, Jesus. And on Friday, they're going, no, no, to Jesus. Boys and girls, have you ever heard of what is called a fair weather friend? Has any of you heard of that before? Or maybe we have people in the congregation who are a bit older who have heard of the term fair weather friend. 
To help us understand this, I need a volunteer. I'm going to ask Letty to be my volunteer. She has no idea that I'm asking her this. So, Letty, I just want you, you have a simple thing to do. Just say no unless I give you something nice, and then say yes. That's really simple, isn't it? It's nothing too embarrassing. So, Letty, can I be your friend? Yes. No. No. Wait, I didn't give you anything. Okay. Say no unless I give you something nice and say yes. But being a friend is nice. Just say no unless I give you something physical. Okay. okay. You could tell we practiced this a lot, couldn't you? Okay. Letty, can I be your friend? No. Oh. Letty, can I be your friend if I give you a ball? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Letty, can I be your friend? No. Oh. Letty, can I be your friend if I give you some chocolate? Yes. There you go. Okay, thank you. Sit down. Was Letty a good friend? No. If anyone said yes, let's talk after us about friendship. Letty... Only was my friend when I gave her something nice. If I didn't give her anything, she was like, no, not interested, don't want to be your friend. Oh, chocolate, yes, I'll be your friend. Oh, a nice ball, a nice present, yes, I'll be your friend. You just want to hang out with me, nothing nice, no. That is a fair weather friend. Someone who's only a friend to you if they know they can get something from you. Not because they like you or who you are. So... This crowd was a fair-weather crowd. Fair-weather friends, fair-weather people, fair-weather Christians. And so far, the governor asked, if you don't want Jesus free, what should we do? Because when he asked, who do you want free? Instead of saying Jesus, they said, we want Barabbas. Not this Jesus. We want Barabbas. But Pilate said, Barabbas, he's killed people. Yeah, but we want him. What about Jesus, who healed you and cared for you and fed you? Nah, don't want him. We want Barabbas, not Jesus. And so Pilate said, what should we do with Jesus? And they said, what did they say? Go on. They said, no, yeah. They don't want him free. They said, crucify him. They said, crucify him. The same crowd that was going, Hosanna, suddenly went, kill him. What a bad crowd. So everyone, I just want you to say sitting for the moment, but I want those who have the Hosanna cards to now hold them up and to put Hosanna, you now have the Crucify Him cards. And I just want everyone quiet for a moment as I quickly walk around. And the crowd said, nothing. Anyone who had said, Hosanna, 
was suddenly very, very quiet. No one said, no, stop, this is wrong. They either said, crucify him, kill him, or they said nothing at all. Those were so loud saying, Jesus is great, I'll do anything for Jesus. By Friday went, no, I'll do nothing for Jesus, not even help him out. Not even say one word to defend him, not even say, yes, I know him. No, I think he's great. They said nothing to Jesus. And maybe for some people, it was just really scary. If you've got a whole crowd saying one thing, saying we don't like Jesus, and you do like Jesus, maybe it's easier to run away. Maybe it's easier to just stay quiet. Maybe it's easier to do nothing at all. So these people, the big crowd, weren't really following Jesus. They were just following everybody else. You know what? It was a bit silly. But we sometimes follow people. Thank you. Even when it's silly, we sometimes do follow people because we don't want to be the odd person out. We want to fit in. We want to do what everyone else does. The crowd should have said, no, this is wrong, he's innocent. But instead, we're very quiet. They didn't defend their king. They gave up their king. But finally, what about Pilate, the governor? He was the man in charge. He was in control. And yet, Again and again, we said, what should we do with him? They said, kill him, crucify him. In the end, he just went, I don't want to. I really don't want to, but okay. Here you go. I want to keep my job, because if I don't say yes, I might have to give up my job. And so, he did it to save his job and to keep people happy. And he still sent Jesus to die. He was still scared what other people might think. Pilate was a cowardly custard. So we have a crowd for fair-weather friends, a governor who's very cowardly. And so Jesus is sent to his death. So boys and girls, and bigger boys and girls, the big question I have for us today is this, and we need to pay extra attention extra attention to the big question I have, which is this. Are we like that crowd? Are we like that crowd? We're on Sunday, we're like, yes to Jesus, but by Friday, we're like, no. No. I don't want Jesus. I'd rather follow somebody else. I'd rather do anything else than follow Jesus. Yes on Sunday, when we're all here together, but by Friday, it's hard, so I'm not going to do it. It's inconvenient, so I won't do it. I'd rather follow somebody else. And maybe all oh, just for a piece of chocolate or for a nice ball or for something bigger. Maybe a job promotion. Maybe just keep things quiet. But Jesus gets pushed to the side for ourselves. So, 
Is he really king of your lives? Not just on Palm Sunday, not just at Easter and Christmas, but every day of the week, 100%, or when it, only when it's easy rather than when it's hard. Do we reject him and say no when we don't feel like it? Or do we say yes regardless because he is king and we listen and love and obey our king? Saying yes to Jesus is a 24-7 thing, 100%. Not just on a Sunday, not just when it's nice outside, but even in fair and stormy weather. So let me ask for the band to come up and I'm going to pray for us. Let me quickly pray as the band come up. Lord God, we thank you that even though we can be fair-weather Christians and fair-weather people and fair-weather friends, you, Jesus, are never fair-weather. You are faithful and you stick with us no matter what. Lord, help us to when you say you are our king, then not be just for today, for this week, Holy Week, but every day and every week. Help us, Lord, to be king of our lives and to know that you are faithful to us. Amen.